Good afternoon, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Daily Attorney Podcast, where we talk to women all over the United States who are amazing at what they do inside and outside of the legal profession. So our guest today is the owner of Vivian Williams Law, located in the great state of Florida, Ms. Vivian Williams. The law firm focuses on areas of business formation, copyrights, trademarks, contracts, and even criminal law. Ms. Williams is a Jacksonville, Florida native. She loves to give back, that I can tell you. She lends her legal services as a pro bono attorney, a cause that everyone knows is near and dear to my heart. And she does so for the Jacksonville Area Legal Aid Organization, also known as JALA, J-A-L-A, for anyone interested um, in getting some more information. She is a member of the D.W. Perkins Bar, the Joseph Hatchett Bar, the Jacksonville Bar Association, and the Inns of Court. She is the membership chair of the mentorship group Becoming Black Female Barristers, also known as BBFB. She is the founder and co-host of the legal talk show, As the Law Turns, awesome play of words, play on words, where she discusses legal topics and law school life in a fun, exciting way. In addition to all of these fabulous endeavors, she has created her own digital magazine, My G Magazine, where she urges readers to remain positive in a multitude of ways from inside and out. It is my pleasure to introduce Ms. Vivian Williams. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I know we're a little late. Your computer decided, you know what? I don't want to work. Um, I'm taking the day off. (laughs) So it's okay. Technical glitches happen all the time. I think like last week or a week ago, I don't even remember. I had two Esquires up here and it it just, yeah, life happens. But nevertheless, thank you for making the time to sit here with me today so that, you know, uh, people can learn a little bit more about you and, you know, see that you're more than an attorney and you know, you're a human. Uh, with that said, my first question to you is when do you sleep? Because I'm reading all this and this is great. Like how, how do you do it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have an answer. <laughs> no, no, the, the best answer is just, you know, finding that happy balance. Of course, I can't participate in each of these things every single day. But I do the best that I can to to keep on top. I'm, you know, I drop the ball, guys. I'm very transparent. I'm I'm gonna tell you, like I, I think that we've gotten so much into trying to be this this perfect little thing that we don't be more transparent. I'm very transparent. I drop the ball at times, but then I go and I'm like, okay, pick it up, get back on it, get back on it, and yep. um, I just try to keep myself focused. Lists upon lists upon lists upon lists. Yeah. yeah, And you know what? I definitely understand that. And I love that you talk about perfection and transparency because I think attorneys, we kind of have like a general nature to want to be, you know, perfect. Right. Um, we have that, like, what is it? The type A mentality where everything has to be a certain way and it can't deviate from that, yeah. um, you know, which can create some issues in and of itself. Um, so it's nice that you're transparent so that people can, you know, ultimately see that you're a human being, right. And you make mistakes just like everybody else. You put, you know, pants on one leg at a time. Um, you're unique. 
but at the same time, you're still human, you know? Uh, exactly. So uh, if you don't mind, just take me on your journey through law. Like, how did you get here? This is my funnest story and my <laughs> funnerist. I make up words when I want to. <laughs> this is um, kind of unique because I wasn't your traditional. I wanted to be an attorney when I was eight. That I'm just, I did not. Yep. Being an attorney was the last thing, if not on my list at all. Um, I did not think about being an attorney until my junior year of undergrad, which is very late for most people to pick a career or, or a thought process. And it was because of my philosophy teacher that I chose it. And um, I literally just was kind of doing it one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time, just like, hey, did I make it this time? Did I get through this semester? And that was essentially how it happened. I ended up passing the bar, blessedly, on the first time. Yeah. And um, thanks. And then after that, it was just kind of like, hey, let's, let's, you know, I like it. I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought that I would, which is why I didn't want to be it at first. Um, funny part is it comes full circle. I have an uncle. Um, he's a doctor here, Dr. Timothy Groover. He's the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I did. He suggested that I become an attorney well, well into my, my years when I was younger. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And, well, look at God. He was like, Kiki. <laughs> he like, spoke that on to you. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. A, a lot of us take the, you know, non-traditional, you know, um, I've had guests on the show that knew immediately that they wanted to be attorneys. I'm like, wow, you know, that's, wow, you're very astute for that. Um, and some of us, like me, take the more scenic route, you know, we kind of just, okay, we're doing this. We're just going to do this. Um, so I love that. Did you, you know, as you were kind of journeying through that process, did you have like any obstacles that came up? Oh, absolutely. Um, I normally had a decent time throughout school where I didn't have to really do much, mm. but I had to work in law school and I was like, oh. this is work. I have to do things. <laughs> I actually have to read this book. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of time like just studying. What? Who does this? Mm -hmm. um, and so that that was a new challenge for me. Um, I attempted to throw out things that I had already done because you know they tell you it's law school; it's a new thing. You can't do the same things here. So that was a struggle, kind of learning my my happy balance between how to study and what to learn. Um, and I did have financial struggles as well. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an extremely expensive <laughs> career. And if you can't get scholarships or wasn't able to, you know, be blessed to be in, you know, highest LSAT scores like I wasn't, um, I now stress that to all of my mentees, get on that LSAT score, it could get you some money. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I did end up having those as a few struggles, but, you know, God, faith, courage, time um, pushed me all through it, my family, and um, I was able to come out, you know, with a bar license, and that excites me and kind of, you know, it's an amazing thing. I love that, and, you know, I agree, um, as far, especially after, um, you know, you say that you had to work in law school, I had a similar experience. When I got there, remember, you know, huge auditorium, welcome, welcome, welcome. I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. 
And, you know, they gave us a lot of words of advice. One um, being that, you know, while we're studying, we should be eating like a little uh, chocolate or a little, um, I kind of took that a little overboard, just a little overboard. Um, and I have the pounds to prove it. <laughs> um, and I'm now, un yeah, and I'm now undoing it because as you know, when you're in private practice, your health kind of, you know, kind of goes out the window, right? It's like work, 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 get this done, clients counting on me. You're not thinking, oh, let me get on that treadmill today or, oh, let me eat a salad at lunch. In fact, you know, some of the attorneys posted um, in a group that I'm in now, and she said, you know, a lot of people are talking about intermittent fasting. She said, I just thought it was being a trial attorney. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. You know, I really thought that I was the only one. Like you go days, like I'm preparing, you know, I always prepare uh, for these broadcasts and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the clock and my stomach is telling me you're hungry, it's time to eat. But I'm like, I have to go live. I can't afford to, you know, so I, I gotta eat later. We'll figure it out, right? That's number one. Exactly. Exactly. Number two, um, you know, the concept of studying, getting it right, getting good grades has always come naturally to me. So, you know, graduated cum laude um, in undergrad, I get to law school and I'm like, what is this? You know, and, and, you know, law school is just one exam at the end. You're lucky when you find a professor that does a midterm and breaks it up. It's oh, just yeah. one exam. Um, and I remember complaining to a friend of mine at the time, her name is Naomi. And she goes, May, did you think this was gonna be easy? I said, yes, <laughs> I did, I did. I don't know what a rate ipsa loquitur is. Like, can someone explain, what is a tort? Can someone explain a tort? You know, so things like that, you don't really understand the shift that, and in my opinion, if I remember the LSAT correctly, I don't think it really prepared me for law school. Like, I really, I think it was more so, you know, like a reading comprehension um, kind of thing. And yes, it was a little bit of spotting issues, but I don't think it really kind of honed in, and maybe I'm just not re remembering correctly. I don't think it really honed in the connection um, between the research and the writing and the analysis component of being um, an attorney, which is huge. Yeah. Um, as far as mentees, I know you, you mentioned that. What kind of individuals do you mentor? Um, so BBFB is Becoming Black Female Barristers, and it is a program that one of my good legal friends started, Ashley Wright. Um, she is now a prosecutor in Orlando. Oh. Um, I believe uh, she went back to prosecution. I left the state. She went back to the state. Um, <laughs> she and I were just during the pandemic, we were kind of discussing how we were getting similar questions from our, our mentees, like, hey, what's, what is it like being a Black female in this legal profession, in this kind of nethering through this world? So we did a live that went very well. We did not expect that. Um, and so we kept doing a couple. And um, out of, you know, those connections, meetings, consistently getting, you know, especially young Black um, legal professionals or paralegals or just wanting to be in law, she came up with the group. I came up with the show. 
Um, we, so that's kind of how we kind of merged off of each other. We were like, we have good ideas. Let's see what we can put together. She came up with um, the group and I just told her, I said, you know, I'll be membership chair. Mm. So I kind of reach out um, and we have little parties. Hopefully we'll be having one very soon. We've been trying to get one together. Um, but we basically are just a resource for them so they can have direct contact with an attorney. Because I know that throughout my experience, I would run into attorneys that didn't want to talk. Um, or just not be able to get directly to the attorney. I'd have to talk to the paralegal or something like that. But this creates a direct line. So it, if they have those questions, we're available for those. And we're not billing them for this time. You know, this is a sincere conversation where we sit down and discuss your issues and, and what we can do to best help you get through this legal world. I love that. Do you find that there is a common theme among, you know, uh, prospective legal students that are, you know, um, I don't want to say minorities, but students of color? Um, the two biggest themes, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I started my show, um, is they don't, they believe it has to be cookie cutter. Um, they think it's too staunchy. I heard that so much about how oh, I can't, it's so boring. I can't do this. I'm this kind of person. And they're just so, you know, tidied up. And I was like, uh, I missed that session in school because <laughs> I have definitively said it. And I can't believe I'm saying this on another podcast, but it's true. And since uh -oh. I said I'm transparent, I like saying it. In a legal argument in front of the chief justice of Volusia County, he was my judge, over 40 plus judges, he, he was over at that time. Um, in a legal argument, I said what had happened was, um, <laughs> he caught me off guard. Oh, you did. I, was, I, I did. I did. And he, oh. stopped, he paused and he just kind of looked at me like, <laughs> She said that. And at that point, I said it. So I had to own it. I just ran through like it like I meant to say it. And it was a part of the argument. But it just goes to remind you and reminded me, I am not your traditional lawyer. I'm not sitting in the courtroom, you know, thinking to myself, hey, I'm not going to make this experience be beneficial to me positively. I understand that the process is, you know, Difficult. I understand that, but there can be some some fun to be had. There can be some relaxation, and um, I think I bring that, especially to a courtroom. So um, I I wanted to portray that with the show, and I love that. Um, that was yeah, that was one of the biggest things we got. I I definitely love that, and I love the fact that you kept going. Um, I would have been mortified. Um. <laughs> And I love that you find the humor in it, right? Because things, I mean, things are gonna happen. You know, one of my first um, first trials, and I remember I was covering for a colleague of mine who's a mentor um, when I was doing family law. And I, you know, go into the courtroom and I'm there and uh, the judge goes, you know, introductory statements, blah, 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 blah. I said, yeah, your honor, you know, the defendant is not here. So, uh, you know, we for judgment based on pleading for blah, blah, blah. She said, okay, are you ready to call your witness? You're what? <laughs> um, your honor, I'm just stepping in for someone who told me this was a routine landlord tenant matter. Know nothing about landlord tenants, <laughs> nothing. 
So I'm so I literally say, you're on your what? And she goes, counsel, your witness, please. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I was probably practicing five months. I don't even, yeah, five months. So I'm sitting there and I had to go back to like elementary law school and everything that my mentors have taught me, I pulled out the court form. <laughs> okay. And I use the court form to establish all of the facts. And I, the entire time, I think parts of me were sweating that I didn't even know existed at that time. That's how bad it was. And, you know, we ended up getting our relief and I called my mentor. I was like, don't you do that to me again. This was a trial. <laughs> Trap. Yeah. <laughs> and he was confused because he was like, no, no, no. You know, we were supposed to just get our relief. And, um, you know, it was a formality. I'm like, no, I had a full evidentiary hearing. And the great news about it is the judge clearly saw, you know, that I hadn't been practicing long. So, you know, she was, um, you know, walking me through some things and glad I did well. Cause one of the biggest areas in, in, um, uh, uh, in the law that just drives me crazy is evidence, right? Especially the hearsay rule. And I think that's all of us because it's so intricate, so convoluted. I understand tax easier than uh, evidence, which is crazy, right? Because it's it's extremely complicated. Um, and so um, she walked me through it and was like, oh, okay. I did this, I did that. I did everything I had to do. I put everything in, in, in into evidence. So it, it was just one of those things where it kind of puts you in a situation where you realize, oh, I actually have to be prepared. You know, even if you're covering for someone, even no matter what you're doing, you have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being an attorney of color, you have to be a little bit more prepared, you know, because you don't want to walk away with someone thinking, oh, you know, he or she isn't good enough because of this. It's, you know, we're already at a bit of a disadvantage because of you know, for what many, many reasons, even the fact that we're women, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're saying that you recognize the commonalities of the issues that come up, but ultimately, um, you know, you're able to help them navigate. I'm not traditional either. I, there's nothing about me that is traditional. traditional. Um, I have, uh, you know, so many things that I talk to my business, um, you know, coaches about, and they're just like, you don't understand how unique you are to the profession. Use that, you know? So if that's one of the things that, you know, your mentees can walk away from is I am unique and here's how, you know, instead of focusing on ways in which I don't fit in, which unfortunately I did for a long time mm -hmm. until I realized, oh, that doesn't help me. So now I focus on, you know, the uniqueness of it all. Um, as far as attorneys not one, wanting to talk, thankfully, this has not been my experience. I'm sure the attorneys here are tired of me. They're like, here she comes again. Because I ask a million questions. I need to know why. Yes. Um, has that changed a little bit for you as, you know, as your network has have grown all these years? Um, definitely. I would say the, the connections have been built. And I didn't understand at that time the importance of that. Um, I do admit that. I will say that. I often say that one of the key things in 
your first year is networking. And most people think, oh, and that means you have to go and try to get the fanciest attorney you've seen or the fanciest. No, 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 no. Networking can be done parallel. Networking can be done side by side or networking can be, you know, it's 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 a, it's a crisscross. It's, it should be a lot of multiple different directions in which you're doing your networking. You should have friends that you talk to. So it's going to be your jobs in the future. Um, and I think cultivating those relationships has definitely helped me. Before, you kind of just messaged them and was like, hey, can you help me? I don't know you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, I don't have a lot of time. Who are you? Could you say a name like, hello, I am human. Hi, how are you? Yeah. you know? yeah. I, I didn't, at that time, I think maybe my my immature approach um, could have had quite a bit to do with it. So that's one of the things that I stress too with mentees. Make sure that your approach is not immature. The least you could do is say hello. And if you right. just say hello for three weeks, that's building enough of a relationship that over time they'd be like, oh, that's that girl that, oh, that's that guy that keeps sending me these hello messages. You know, maybe I'll be more apt to reach out to them in the future. And I think that's important. And, and that has definitely been important um, with those who connect with me. Although in all honesty, if you just ask a question for me, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, I'm kind of just like, eh, yeah. I got a little bit of time. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I definitely love that. I think you know connections through networking um, is 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 big. I'm big on um, authentic connections and networking. I am not the type. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Please tell me if this is your experience. I did not want to go to not one chambers chat. No, after you know the day is over, um, luncheon or. Um, you know, event because I was always so focused on, well, no one knows me, right? And I don't want to walk in here. I don't know anyone. So what I ended up doing um, is just finding other people that were kind of on the same level mm -hmm. and we would just go together, mm -hmm. you know? So at least I have one person there and lo and behold, it, it just, it worked. And now I can go to a function and I know many, many people um, and I've grown my network in, in an authentic way, not, hey, what can you know you do for me? But hey, is there anything you need help with? Can I sit in on a case? Can I be second chair so I can learn and do this? Um, I went to the courthouse. I sat in on the hearings, mm -hmm. um, you know, because admitting a piece of evidence is probably one of the most stressful things. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That a person can do. Because if you don't lay the foundation properly, you're getting objections after objections and it throws you off, you know, so going to court, seeing how that's done, um, you know, doing this, even doing CLEs too, mm -hmm. you can network, which mm -hmm. is really cool because you're learning and building relationships, um, you know, at the same time. Um, exactly. So I, yeah, I, I definitely get that. Do you have, or rather, let me ask you this, what do you value most? Um, you know, about being an attorney, because your firm is pretty awesome since you do so many different things, especially pro bono. Please talk to us about your pro bono endeavors. Um, so I started with JALA at the early stages of my career. Um, I um, I worked with them for, I'm trying to remember currently what I started with, guardianships. And um it was an interesting topic for me because it was something I had never done at that time. And it was very amazing to meet the, the young teens um, who were essentially seeking to be emancipated. Um, I did those as well. Um, emancipations, that's the other one, sorry. 
And um, it was amazing meeting the, the different groups and families of both parties and, and just getting involved in that sort of atmosphere. Um, it was interesting. It was sad. It was very sad um, work at that time. And that's when I kind of knew family law may not be for me. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy the work of knowing that I was helping people. Um, I think as attorneys, we are helpers. That's essentially the job in and of itself. But sometimes, you know, you don't get a chance to connect on that kind of a level. And I think with Corona work, you get to connect in a different way with people than when they're your paid client, but you got on a timetable and a schedule that you kind of, you know, you're fitting in. Um, and so that was pretty interesting. Now I handle still family law, but more so on the divorce end. Um when I help out with Jala and we also do kind of talk to an attorney or um, meet an attorney kind of day where we sit down, it's a, it's a plethora of us of different genres of law and um, people come in all day and ask a question. Mm -hmm. We literally have a, a free consultation with them essentially to be like, oh, okay, let me see if I can help you through this. So it's driving licensing issues, um, quick eviction issues or quick divorce issue or quick family law issue, something we can handle in a shorter period of time um, most times. But I, I find that work very rewarding. It gives back to the community It because it, the community is, is who I believe got me here, my family, my church, and my community. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think a lot of attorneys, you know, to your point about family law, guardianship is like family law. Uh, which is why I only do uncontested guardianships. Um, I've done contested ones and they are not pretty. Um, I no longer practice family law. So bless your heart for staying in that arena. Um, I'm good, but <laughs> just a teeny tiny. We did think about it. We thought about the possibility of, because I, like you, I work with organizations. One of the ones I work with is the Hartford County Bar Foundation. Um, and we have in the state of Maryland, it's called a Judicare program, where the attorney is pro bono, but the Maryland uh, Legal Services Corporation pays the um, organizations and they pay us a reduced rate. Mm -hmm. um, it is definitely rewarding work. I've never had a, a, a you know case where I'm like, oh, why did I take this? Right? It just doesn't. It's a different level of appreciation. It's a different different level of being able to give back. So I def, um, I completely um, agree with you. We also do the same thing. So here with the foundation, we have lawyer in the lobby mm -hmm. and um, lawyer in the library, where you get 15 minutes with a phone call in person, sit down, talk to an attorney. Our courts, and I don't know if Jacksonville courts have this, they have the self-help center? Um, yes. Okay, yeah, the attorneys are also staffed there and they could help people, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's, um, I think, you know, very beneficial. Um, and I know you mentioned just a tiny bit about your community, but do you have like a daily routine that, you know, ultimately, you know, sets you up for the day that keeps you going so you can serve your clients best? Um, the two things I try to make sure I do every day is read my Bible and um, journal a scripture or journal, um, very short. Sometimes it's literally a sentence. I think this morning I did three sentences. Um, so it's nothing deep, but I definitely like to get in some prayer and some Bible reading kind of journaling time. 
I think going to find that that's important to keep me on track with my day and kind of keep, you know, my spirits up. We deal with a lot of heavy topics in our careers, whether it be business law or whatnot. Sometimes you can still, you know, hit roadblocks with what we do. So keeping our spirits up when we're talking to the clients and making sure that we stay on track is important. What's the common theme that you see among some of your business clients? Um, I've mostly just been finding a lack of, 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 of knowledge on what IP can do, how it is, assists and how it increases their business. Um, okay. I actually am going to do it again, but I teach a class about intellectual property basics where I talk about the difference between trademarks, copyrights, patents, and trade secrets. And I kind of express how it every single business in the United States, and I believe this with boldness, has some form of intellectual property. Um, you may not fall into one category, but you could likely overlap in a couple. There, there's something that you can benefit from in it. And I think a lot of businesses don't understand that process or what that is. And um, that's why I, I do that. So I'm, I'm actually be giving a couple webinars too about trademarks and stuff very soon again, um, because I think it's important to consistently educate on how you can you know best put yourself in a better position i hear that do you enjoy which ones do you enjoy more the in class or webinars in person yeah 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 i was a theater major for seven years um oh. I'm a so i i i am one of those people that like public speaking and I kind of have a problem when I'm not public. What? So you're a glutton for punishment. That's I what it love, sounds like. I love it. For me, it's 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 my space. It's kind of where I feel more at home um, than the average person does. I know that most people are like, I hate public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have always loved it ever since I was five years old and they gave me the Martin Luther King speech at, you know, at the uh, Black History Program. I, uh, it was on, it was on and I was in my zone and I've been that way forever. So being on the stage, talking to the people, being in their presence, being able to get that direct feedback for me is, is the best. And you, you have that like immediate, um, I don't want to say, it, well, immediate contact, right? Because you're talking to the person um and you can hear their story you can understand what's going on you can even ask you can ask hey does anybody have any questions or anything like that and someone might be able to tell you a story about them and that might turn into something you know later on you just never know exactly. um so i feel like like you do that in person is great me personally i it took me a lot of guts to even start this and i'm talking you know to a computer right um but the idea of being being seen for me had me with bubble guts. So it's yeah, it's different for everyone. Um, the other day we had um, attorney uh, Sherry Fleming on here. She had been speaking in front of crowds for 20 years. She said going on 21 and she said she still gets nervous, you know, so it just really depends um, on the person. So it's amazing, you know, that you're able to get up there and and just do that. Yeah. I speaking in any crowd gives me such anxiety. My brain cells just like, nope, we're out of here. No. One time in law school, speaking of funny stories, one time in law school, I was in property class, sat all the way in the back. And my it's 
class of like 120, 550 students. And um, my professor goes, um, you know, hey, Marie, have you seen the attendance sheet? I go, ever <laughs> or today? Everyone turned around like, what? This is like the second semester. And so he goes, uh, Marie, if you've never seen the attendance sheet, we have big problems. <laughs> that means I was never here. And my brain, yes, my brain is just like, ooh, frozen. So that's kind of what happens because I'm in my head. You know, when you're a public speaker, when you're doing anything directed at people, you have to get out of your head. You just have to. Um, and I know you have more experience with me than that. Cause love it. you know, I theater, theater. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. I get, I must say though, I do have nerves. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say that I don't have nerves, but my nerves don't still me. They push me versus others who their nerves would still them. For me, it's like, a, it's a push. It's, it's, a, it's like, okay, I got the nerves, but the nerves are there to make it better. And I can talk about almost anything. I am a rabbit hole studier. So like, I will Damn. one day be like, hey, I want to learn about, I literally just went through a whole spell on orcas. I want to learn about orcas. So I've seen documentaries, I've read books. I know that orcas are um, hunters of great white sharks. Would have wow. Them. So like random stuff is all always up here. So I, yeah, I that's, that's pretty out there. But I guess that answers my question of, you know, what do you like to do outside of being an attorney? And it sounds read. like read. Well, reading is definitely fundamental. I think, you know, reading can take us places that our imagination may not be able to. Exactly. Right. So that is awesome. Well, Sherry, if your clients or rather if any prospective client or anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, my website is V Williams. Yes, with an S. I get that all the time. Is it Williams with an S? Yes. <laughs> VWilliamsLaw.com. On there, I have a convenient calendar where you can schedule a date and specific time that you want to have a consultation with me. And that gets the process to rolling. Um, once we have that consultation, you know, we can determine what else we'll do after that. I am all over social media, like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> I am on TikTok. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn. I have no problem with questions. I will probably send you back to the website though, to make it a little easier for myself. Yes. Um, but I um, have my legal talk show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. as well called As the Law Turns. Yes, it was a play on the song. Um, <laughs> and I talk about, you know, fun legal topics in, in a very kind of fun way. Um, I, I do language learning. I am, you know, an open book and I think a lot of fun. So if you want to discuss, reach out to me in any of those platforms feel free to do so. I have no objections and no qualms. I hear that. We are definitely also um, you can, on social media. You can catch the St. Eve Law Firm on all of the social media pod, um, uh, platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Um, we are not as active as you are, clearly, because uh, we like to sleep. A few things I learned about Ms. Vivian today is she clearly doesn't sleep. She doesn't believe in cookie cutter 
anything. No, she loves pro bono work, just like I do giving back to her community. She is a teacher that is big on education. She is also a mentor, an avid learner who apparently takes time out to learn about orcas. Yeah. That is Ms. Vivian Williams. I am your host, Marie-Eve Nadine Jean-Baptiste. I am the owner and CEO of the St. Eve Law Firm, and I thank everyone for being with us today. Apologies for the late start, but I think it was well worth the wait. I, 